Good morning, everyone. Um, Jessica asked me to do this. My first inclination was to say no. Uh, I'm not a preacher. Uh, my ministry has been about choirs and leading worship and crafting worship, and I've loved that. <clears throat> but also, I've been using Wesley's covenant prayer throughout this COVID crisis and one of the lines says let me be employed by you and uh, since Jessica's my boss and I'm employed <laughs> I thought well maybe I should do this so I went out on a limb and uh, I came up with this title uh, the gift of community but now I'm wishing I had made the title Perfect Harmony based on this scripture. Um, it might be incorrect actually to say that community is a gift. I think the Apostle Paul is saying in this section of his letter to the Colossians that community doesn't just happen. It has to be intentionally developed and nurtured. In the first section of this chapter that we didn't read, <clears throat> Paul refers to the things that break down and destroy communities, such things as wrath, anger, malice, slander, abusive language, and lying. He goes on to say that in putting on the new self or the new clothing, there is no longer Greek or Jew circumcised or uncircumcised, slave or free. It is the perfect setup for instructing then the Colossians, as well as us, on what builds community. It's not just handed to a group of Christians because they have similar beliefs. It's a result of spirit-filled, grace-filled Christians living out their discipleship. When I finished seminary hmm, over 40 years ago, um, I became the youth pastor and minister of music in a large but basically dying downtown church. The youth group had been all but decimated by drug use, immoral behavior between leaders and youth. I think they hired me because there was only one way to go and that was up from where they were. But fortunately, I'd had some good mentors in my life, including my pastor, preacher, dad. Uh, but in those days, you didn't really talk that much about community. The prevailing philosophy was good preaching and good music will bring in the people and bring in the money. I just thought when you had a youth party or a choir party or a game night, it was just to have fun. Or providing snack supper was just about feeding teenagers. Or going to visit a choir member in the hospital was what pastors do, did. It took me a while to figure out that building community in my choirs or my youth group or uh, any other groups is directly connected 
to how well they sang together or how well they worked together on a mission trip or what an impact they might have in a worship service uh, and how the Holy Spirit could move through them more effectively if they were unified, if they were in communion. I think verse 14 of this third chapter is kind of the crowning verse. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Perfect, nothing's perfect, no one's perfect. But that's what Paul says, perfect harmony. In the first few years of building a youth choir in that church, and back in the 70s, every church had a youth choir. Uh, and they had an old bus, everybody got on and they traveled. I mean, it might've just been to the other side of the county, but they went on a choir tour. And um, so we began to build a youth choir. We got up to over 50 members. They had a pretty good sound. We had really cool kids. We had drums, we had guitars. This choir was kind of the talk of town. Uh, and I was feeling pretty good about it. So I was invited by a small Methodist church on the outskirts of town in a lower economic area to lead their youth choir for the first night of their revival, kind of the kickoff. So I was going to help these people out and I was kind of condescending, I'm ashamed to say. So I met with these youth that afternoon, Sunday afternoon. There were only about 10 of them and they sounded really pretty bad, ragged, off pitch. But they all sang with such gusto, with such enthusiasm. They loved singing about God. Nobody mumbled, the boys all sang. It was amazing. It became very apparent to me that these kids really loved God and each other. And they sang with that perfect harmony that the Apostle Paul was referring to in this scripture. It was something that my large, cool youth choir with our drums and guitars did not even come close to achieving. I went home that night completely humbled, and I knew from that point on what that little off-key youth choir had was what I wanted my youth choir to have, and my youth group, and my church, the power of community, the power of perfect harmony. Not necessarily perfect pitch, but perfect harmony. I began to realize community didn't just happen. And I became much more intentional about building unity in my choirs and youth group and hopefully church. So now you're thinking, I'm not a choir director. I'm not a youth pastor. So what does this have to do with me? Well, it has everything to do with you. Whether you will be planning a church 
pastoring a small rural church or a large suburban church, leading a small group or a church staff person in charge of missions or evangelism or counseling. It's all about building Christian community. Community doesn't just happen. It has to be intentionally developed and nurtured. These are such great instructions from this letter as a guide for building community. Listen, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Forbearing one another. I love the version, the voice. It says, put up with one another and forgive one another and love each other with that love that binds all things together in perfect harmony. The last three and a half months have made us all keenly aware of how much community means in our lives. You don't know what you have so often until you don't have it. Not being able to be together, to worship together, to take communion together has been so difficult for all of us and how we have taken in the past, how we've taken all of this for granted. I've felt a profound sadness as I'm sure many of you have or all of you because never in my life have I not been able to go to church on Sunday or worship with a group of people or hear God's word proclaimed or sing hymns together. Jessica and the chapel team have done a great job of chapels online, but they'd be the first one to admit that it's a meager substitute for worshiping together in the flesh. Because worship, I think, is the ultimate expression of Christian community. I love the way this section of scripture ends. When we, as Paul has told us in this letter, when we allow the word of God to dwell in us richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, and then with gratitude in our hearts, we can sing psalms, hymns, spiritual songs together. Oh, what perfect harmony we will have. I'm looking forward to that. So maybe community is a gift after all, especially when we allow the fruits of the Holy Spirit to thrive in abundance in us and between us as spirit-filled, grace-filled disciples in perfect harmony. Let's pray. Gracious God, thank you for this wonderful gift of community. Help us to put away all anger, wrath, malice, slander, abusive language, and lying. Help us to clothe ourselves in love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. In the name of Christ, amen. <laughs>